good morning, everyone. Um, the latest thing that is getting the Kellum household through the pandemic is binge watching American Ninja Warrior. Um, do I have any other fans of American Ninja Warrior here? Yes, I have a few. <laughs> okay. Um, for those that aren't familiar with it, oh yeah, Eloise is already piping up in the background. <laughs> all three of us watch it and it's really fun to watch all together. And, uh, sweet Elsa is a fan. Awesome. Um, if you have, when quarantine is over, when the pandemic is over, if you want to watch it with us and particularly watch it with Eloise, it is quite the experience watching it with Eloise. She gets very into it. Um, but for those not completely familiar with the premise of the show, it's, uh, this game show where these different contestants that they call ninjas train and to go through an obstacle course, basically. And they try and get to the end and hit a buzzer at the end. And depending on how far they get and how fast they make it through the course, they move on to the next level and the next level. And eventually they hope to get to the national championships of American Ninja Warrior. Um, and the people that compete have a variety of different backgrounds. Some of them are former professional athletes, which would make sense since all the challenges are very physical, but then some of them are normal everyday people that have a regular day job. There's teachers, there's nurses, and they spend their off time training, um, for this particular course. And they even had a season for 2020. Obviously, it had to be very different. They normally do it in front of a live studio audience, so they had to do away with that. The ninjas couldn't train at their normal gyms because a lot of them were closed. And they had to all go in this bubble so they could film it. And um, before most of the ninjas compete, they have a little thing that tells about who they are and their experience getting ready for it. And one of the things that I really noticed was, yes, they all talk about how they're excited and how they want to go far and potentially try and win, but they also talk a lot about the friendships that they make, whether it's the friendships of people they made in the gym learning how to train for this or the friendships that they make at the competition with other people. And in fact, in this 2020 season, a lot of them lamented what was hard about this wasn't the actual training, but that they couldn't be together. They missed their community. They missed getting to be together while they trained. And even you see in the competition themselves where they're competing against each other, whenever someone does really well and it has a great run, they all celebrate. They're all so excited for that person. And then conversely, when someone does really poorly, maybe they go out early, have an unexpected fall. Um, they all gather around them and they, they hug them and they share in the grief and that disappointment. I'm just watching the show. I get that the community aspect of it is a really important part to them. You know, each year in the season of epiphany in the Christian calendar, as we reflect on the way Jesus was revealed as the Messiah, we as a community reflect on our foundational commitments. Uh, we're in this series for the next couple weeks out of Luke chapter six that Jordan just read. 
and we're calling this series The Three Great Loves. And we're going to explore core values of up, in, and out. Up, as Charles explained last week, is our relationship with God. In is our relationship with our fellow disciples. And out is our relationship with our neighbors. And we we see here in this reading in Luke that the importance of having connections with others. We see Jesus calling his smaller group of apostles out of uh, the larger group of disciples. Right away, we see the importance of relationships. We see that we need each other. Dr. Vivek Murthy was the Surgeon General of the U.S. under the Obama administration, and he writes in his book, Together, The Healing Power of Human Connection in a Sometimes Lonely World, that for him, the number one health crisis that he wanted to take on that he felt was facing Americans was an epidemic of loneliness. His research indicates that relationships are necessary for human survival. In fact, even when people uh, undergo and are faced with severe trauma, Dr. Murthy recognizes the healing nature of relationships. He writes in his book, while a traumatic past may increase our risk of bad things happening, we are not destined to crash and burn. Adversity doesn't mean that we are destroyed. We can rescue one another. It is in our relationships with one another that we can all find healing and a better path forward. Medicine and technology fail us at times, but human connection grounded in love and compassion always heals. I, I see this idea a lot in books that I read, in films. In fact, when I was preparing for this, the one example that kept coming up to me was uh, the relationship of Frodo and Sam in Lord of the Rings. Any other Lord of the Rings people out there? Yes! (laughs) Um, So for those of you that do not love Lord of the Rings, I will not go over the whole epic here because we do not have time. Um, but in a nutshell, Frodo has taken the task of destroying the one ring and he has to take it to the fires of Mount Doom to have it destroyed to save Middle Earth. And Sam is his best friend and he is one of uh, a a few that decide to go with him on this quest. And Tons of things happen throughout the whole epic, but as they're getting there to the end and they're climbing up Mount Doom, Frodo is unable to continue carrying this burden. He physically cannot go anymore, and Sam literally picks him up and carries him up the rest of the way, and I, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful image because it shows the, that deep love that they have in their relationship and that Frodo needed Sam and he needed him to help with his burdens. They, he could not have done it alone. And while the tale is very epic and what actually happens is amazing, but the thing that really touches me is the relationship aspect of it. 
the Catholic priest, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this name. I'm going to try my best. The Catholic priest Henri Nouwen writes in his book, Out of Solitude, the friend who can be silent with us in a moment of despair or confusion, who can stay with us in an hour of grief and bereavement, who can tolerate not knowing, not curing, not healing, and face with us the reality of our powerlessness. That is a friend who cares. I love today that I'm getting to talk about our value of in, our relationship with each other, because I think in is something that Storyline does really well. Um, in preparing, I was just trying to think of different examples of my experience of relationships with all of you. And a bunch of examples popped out. I thought of when Miles and I first moved into our house on Redondo, the house that's now Sarah's house. Um, we moved in and like two days later, Miles had to go to DC for work. So I was in a brand new house in a brand new neighborhood. And I also had boxes all around me. <laughs> um, and I remember getting a text from the cones and them saying, Hey, if you need anything, we're just right down the street. And in fact, if you get scared in the middle of the night because it's your first night sleeping in a new place, you can call us. Or if you want, you could even just stay here. And I remember it made me feel so good because I felt like I had somebody there in my corner. I had somebody that I could go to if I needed them. Um, I also remember, and I know you guys have heard me tell this story before, but I remember after Eloise was born and I was having a horrible panic attack and I was afraid to be alone and it was early in the morning and I reached out to the women in my huddle and I said, can someone come over and stay with me? And Sarah Holland came over first thing in the morning and she's, I remember her response saying, I'll be there in five minutes. And she showed up at my house and stayed with me. Um, even recently, I can remember us moving into our new house here in Richardson and as you guys may remember, it was a construction zone when we first moved in. And I can remember getting a text from Charles and he said, do you guys need anything? And I said, we need food. We don't have a kitchen. <laughs> um, and so the Kaisers came and they brought us dinner and we sat outside, spread out, and we ate a meal together. Um, and... I, it was just wonderful knowing that I had someone there that was willing to bring me food when I had no way to prepare any for my own. And even in this time of quarantine, right, when it's so hard to connect and we all feel very acutely that desire for human connection, right? A, a lot of our Thanksgivings were like, oh, I got to see somebody and that meant so much to me. Even in this time, we're still trying as a community to connect together, whether it's trivia nights over Zoom or the lunches that Sarah Walker has set up. We see the importance of being in connection with each other, of being in relationship with each other. So what I want to do um, is I want to kind of open it up, and I just want to spend the rest of the time doing this. So... Um, I want us to be able to share um, what are your experiences of community and storyline? What's your experience of this core value of in? 
Um, if you'd like to share, go ahead and put your name in the chat and I'll call on you. And let's just spend some time sharing stories and encouraging each other. And um, if there are no stories, we'll just have a moment of silence here all together. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Bonnie is here with me in person and she would like to share. So she's popping on over. <laughs> Hi. So my, the first story that comes to mind, I have known about Storyline for a long time through Miles and Val, come in and visited over the years here and there. But the first time that I spent a lot of time with the Storyline community was when we went on our first trip to El Salvador. And I remember they mentioned a trip and I said, I don't need any more details. I'm in. Just let me know when to be at the airport. And so I show up, you know, I knew, of course, my family, but I didn't know the other group members as well. And Sarah was there, Charles in the Midlands. And so uh, I just remember the more time I spent, the more I was leaning in and interested in this community because of the discussions we were having and the way we were serving together. And I had been going to a different church community and I just thought, I feel way more connected and supported and uplifted in this five-day trip than I have in the past year plus of going to my other church. And I just remember thinking that, you know, I, I want to be more involved and I felt so uplifted and connected in that short amount of time. So that was my experience of community and being included. Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, John Oliver. Yeah, I was uh, living in the homeless shelter for three years, Dallas Life Foundation, and it was a very difficult, complicated season. I'm just grateful for all the rides that I got to and from um, church, especially the times at Ted's house, and just that connection and that and that familyness when I was very alo- alone and things weren't working out so good. Uh, and then God, and then, and then a gigantic prayer support for me to get the Section 8 housing. And when I came here, I mean, I had a duffel bag and a backpack. That's my possessions. I had a bunch of stuff in storage. I said, all I wanted was an air mattress, you know, because I used to live on a cot. And Storyline came up with a whole bunch of starter furniture. I was amazed. That was just such a humongous blessing. And then I was paying on all the storage for a long time. And then I said, well, that's stupid. We've got all this room here. And then Paul and Tommy and Melinda made a way for me to get my storage stuff over here. That was a gigantic blessing. My, my laptop went cuckoo and they helped to fund the laptop I have now. So it's been, uh, again, my family it, it consists of my brother and my stepmother. I mean, that's, that's it. <clears throat> we made phone calls on Christmas. That's it. That's my whole Christmas. So y'all are my extended gigantic family. Thanks for sharing, John. Jen? Um, so I remember we hadn't been um, at Storyline very long. 
Um, but the times that Val and Megan and their kids and my job kid, <laughs> um, would get to have play dates and, um, just hang out and have really great conversations. Um, uh, and it was just a season where I was feeling particularly alone. And so, um, you know, even though that season kind of morphed and faded out and had, you know, is not the same as, as it was for it, for a time, um, it was really meaningful and, um, precious to me. Thanks for sharing, Jen. I have fond memories of those playdates too. <laughs> While we're unmuted, I'll jump in and share. I think I can jump in on the queue. So, you know, in, in talking with Val about the message, uh, the conversation this week and uh, everything, you know, storyline has always represented uh, in to me so well and been such a welcoming presence in our lives. And I just, it made me think back um, from our time in the, in the Junius community, you know, over the last almost decade now and thinking about, you know, Chris and Logan and their house that they pulled up a food truck to so that they could feed a bunch of people and have them over, uh, the birth of our, uh, our, our vineyard series, Story Wine. Uh, <laughs> Didn't last very It's long. only had one release, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very exclusive is the thing, but maybe it'll come back. And, uh, I thought of Shalice and, uh, you know, her, her love for food and for creativity with food and, and the way she expressed her love to all of us through that. And, uh, just so many memories. But the, the thing that, that sort of stuck out in my mind, um, was when, you know, goodness, that was 2018 when I woke up early one morning. Uh, so sick. I couldn't even stand up and, uh, severe, uh, abdominal pains and, and made some calls. And it turned out I needed to go to the emergency room to get checked out. And, uh, we had a, I guess probably two year olds at that point, it was 6am. Um, and we were like, what do we do? And, uh, we reached out to our community and I think it was Sarah that said, I'll be there in five minutes. Um, we had other members come and, and just take care of our daughter for us so that Val could take me to the hospital. Um, and to me, that is, that's the definition of, of in is when, when everything goes sideways, when, when your life is turned upside down the kind of people that'll say, I'll be there in five minutes. And uh, that's what Storyline has meant to me. And I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. Sarah Walker. There, how's that? think about um our this is I guess an aspect that's a little more hidden but um I was on the lead team uh Ryan and I both were before we had our twins and then we had our twins and I was off it for a while and um and back on it um but a long time ago 
the time when we, you know, before we had our twins, we had done like a, a leadership team covenant and we all kind of wrote it out together and, you know, Charles did our drafting with all the words and stuff. Um, but we talked about conflict resolution and, um, you know, how we would not triangulate and how we would not gossip and how we would come to each other and how we would have painful conversations when we needed to. And um, I, we still, uh, after all the time I was on the team and off the team and now back on the team, before every meeting, we read that covenant um, the whole way through to remind ourselves of what we've committed to. And I love that covenant and I love the lead team because I don't see the lead team as something that, um, like storyline doesn't come out of the lead team. The lead team comes out of storyline. And so I love to read that covenant because that's, that's who I think our community is and who our community wants to be. Um, and it's just really special. Thanks, Sarah. Anyone else want to share? Jenna? Um, um, I just, you know, I think I was even telling a friend this morning on the phone about church and like mentioned like, I started going to my church like after the pandemic started and I've, I've never actually, you know, been in a worship gathering with all of you and the norm, you know, like zoom church has just been all I've known. Um, but I just don't think I'll ever forget that first zoom meeting. Of course I, I, um, talked to Charles and, um, and met, Miles and Valerie, you know, but to just kind of pop in there and not know anybody, um, and y'all not, I'm just a random person, but, um, but I just, it meant so much, not just that particular gathering, but, um, how quickly y'all were adding me as friends on Facebook and saying hi in the chat and introducing yourself and, you know, yard gatherings. I mean, just I've managed to meet almost all of you in this weird time of us not gathering. Um, and so even in pandemic and the weirdness of that, um, I still have felt so touched by how, um, wonderful you all do community and so blessed to be, just to be a part of it. Thanks for sharing, Jenna. Kara? I'm just jumping in there for the end. I was trying to type fast. Um, yeah, we just, you know, we've said this before, but we're just grateful to have been able to be more connected um, to storyline this year than any other year, which is ironic, but, um, it's been for me, especially just so great being, 
I'm not in El Salvador right now, but just being kind of very trapped in El Salvador the last year, um, to be able to be connected to such great people from home and who also, um, like Bonnie mentioned, the, the trips have been so encouraging to me personally, to our organization and being able to have, um, just really special, special connections to, um, storyline as a whole and to individuals has been great for both of us. Oscar doesn't talk much, but he feels the same, right? Same. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Charles. Get out of here. Uh, I, when I think about storyline and community, um, I, it dawned on me that my, I've, I've saved quite a bit of money this year in the pandemic on my lunch budget, uh, which I'm not super happy about because that is my one, that's like my favorite, one of my favorite points of connection is coffees and lunches. And don't get me wrong, I have, found any any place in northeast dallas that has a patio that's open air i know of it and i i try to get there and find excuses to meet you guys you know we meet you all at such places um but those those smaller uh gatherings of connection if it's around a fire pit or on a restaurant patio um uh, to have a meal or a beverage, um, those are just really special connecting points. And, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor in this community and I suppose that's part of my, my role or whatever, but those are as much for me as they are for you all. I mean, I love you all. And, uh, I, I bet there's reciprocity in that, that I think is a really, um, uh, a beautiful thing to be a, a spiritual leader, but also to be a friend um, and to be friended by all of you. It's a gift. Thanks, Charles. Uh, Daryl. Well, there's what, there's so many things that you could think of. Uh, one thing is that uh, uh, the age differential between storyline and me and Terry, which is really kind of nice uh, for us personally, um, just to know that we're not, while we may be the minority here as far as age, uh, it, it's good to feel wanted. Uh, and we have felt that way with you guys uh, at all times. Uh, it's like, okay, well, there's the old guy here. Uh, so, uh, and, and by, by the way, I don't feel old. All right. I just don't feel that way. <laughs> right. Uh, it, that, that is such a wonderful experience. Um, Charles and, uh, when Paul, uh, was here, Charles and Paul and Ted sometimes, and we'd geek out together, uh, theological geeking, which was always a blast. And to be able to do that and to not fear that what you're going to say is going to be taken wrong. Not that it couldn't be, you know, I, I'm, I'm very capable of saying things wrongly, but uh, that people are going to give you the benefit of the doubt and they're going to love you. Um, this year, especially uh, your welcoming of my Ukrainian daughter, Marina, 
she has felt very welcomed. Uh, she couldn't make it today, but uh, as uh, it, it has made her think and made her see uh, religion in a very different way, uh, in a welcoming way, which is not typical from her background. Uh, so uh, there, there is this family there. And, and what can I say? A pub night? You know, that, that is so important to me. <laughs> the, just, just to be able to be with folks who you feel like are friends. Um, and there's so many different connections, uh, traveling with Patrick and, uh, things like that. It's just, it is a family where I feel like I can let down my hair, what little I have left, and, uh, that I could, uh, just enjoy who you are. And you make me feel good about who I am. So I, I do appreciate that. Thanks, Daryl. That's well said. I like how you said you can be who you are and we are also safe to be who we are. Um, thank you everyone for sharing. I love getting to hear everyone's stories. It's so encouraging to me. And I just, the value of in, like I said, I think it's something we do well. And that's not to say that we do it perfectly, um, you know, but there is, we try and love each other well, and there's grace and forgiveness. And like Sarah Walker mentioned, hard conversations when we need to realign. And um, I think that that is a good example of how Jesus loves us and loves this world, and we're trying to reflect that in the best way we can. So thank you, everyone, for sharing.